Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be back. Uh, This Wednesday timing is still weird. The week goes by so quickly. It feels so fast being (laughs) on Wednesday. I'm always like, oh my god, it's Gamers Inn Day. What do I play? (laughs) One of these days, we'll get used to it. And then we'll switch it to a Tuesday, and the, our whole worlds will come crumbling down. Yeah, or, or it'll be switch it back totally to a upside Thursday. down backwards. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we'll get there. We'll get there. I think it's going to take a little bit more time, but uh, we did we did play some games. We all figured we figured it out eventually, and um, we've we've got some wacky news that just sort of come came out of nowhere this week. So, yeah, jam packed show. Yeah, so first off, you and I are both playing the same title right now called Felix the Reaper. And the reason that we're playing this is because it was free on Xbox Game Pass. And I was super stoked to try it because I looked at it and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to figure out Xbox on my PC and my eyes started to bleed. It was that painful. (laughs) So I hadn't actually updated um, my I've been paying for Xbox Gold. I pay for Xbox Gold on an annual basis. So um, my Xbox Gold was just about to expire. And so I activated Game Pass. So it was a dollar for the first month. And then it's I think. Sixteen ninety nine. It's like five dollars more mm-hmm. than Xbox Gold had been per month. Um, but you do with the Game Pass, Xbox Gold is built in, which is like the ability to do anything online on your Xbox. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it has the Game Pass, which has like access to all the different games, including one that I'm looking forward to trying. Hopefully, I get a shot at it before I head off to BlizzCon. But um, Outer Worlds is uh, coming next week, so. I'm really looking forward to giving that a try and it's included with Game Pass. So I was like, this is kind of perfect timing. And I do think I'm going to get a lot of value out of uh, what's available on the Game Pass. So I was pretty stoked to to give it a try. But there are so many conflicting pieces of software with Windows when it comes to running their games. It is the worst consumer experience ever. Like, all I want to do is give you my money. So that then I can play games. It's Mm -hmm. not complicated. But I had to go like, I started off at the website because I was like, okay, I'm going to sign into my Microsoft account and I'm going to buy Game Pass. So that was relatively painless, except for then it kept telling me, first of all, it was so difficult to actually find the fact that Felix was free through the Game Pass. Like, I kept going to Game Pass and looking at the list of games, and Felix wasn't even there. And I was like, what even is happening right now? Like, Ryan told me this exists. So Mm -hmm. I actually searched for it, and then it's like, yeah, free on Game Pass. I'm like, then why doesn't it come up in the list when I click games that are free on Game Pass? Okay, whatever. Maybe somebody missed a flag on the back end or whatever. I'll move on. So finding the actual game was difficult enough on the website. Then I get to the game and it's like, install now. So I clicked on it and then it's like, you need the Xbox app. I was like, okay, (laughs) I have the Xbox app because this isn't the first time that I've played games on my PC. So let me open the Xbox app. So then I open the Xbox app, click on the button to install it with Game Pass, which sends me back to the website. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, here I am back on the website. No big deal. 
click the button on the page on the website that it sends me to. And then it pops up a window that says, you don't have any registered devices. Click here for a list of your devices and connect anything that isn't already connected. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I clicked on the list of devices, which then sent me to a page that showed me both my desktop and my Xbox. So I was like, okay, my account has registered the fact that my PC and my Xbox are now tied to my Game Pass. So I went back to the install page, refreshed, clicked it again. You have no connected devices. I was just like, Microsoft, <laughs> I am this close, this close to requesting a refund right now because you are just sending me in this endless loop of frustration. It took me like a good 45 minutes and crazy, like, oh my God, how do you use this system? Text to Ryan. Yeah, yeah, you, I did get some texts. <laughs> uh, I did my best. <laughs> you did so well. You did like a thousand times better than actual Microsoft like help did. <laughs> and the reason why is like you ended up telling me like, oh, you need the Xbox beta app. Yeah. And I was like, what? So apparently there's the Microsoft store where you go to update and install your games. There is the Xbox companion app, which is something totally different, which is like where my friends list lives. And then there's the Xbox beta app, which is where you actually tie your PC to Game Pass and you can actually see the proper Game Pass offerings and like actually install your game. I'm just mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this system is so broken. What is happening? Well, it's really the, the core issue is that Microsoft's never really been good at presenting video games to to its users and that's why steam has done such a good job and that's why launchers have sort of become i hate to say popular but essential for you to be able to play video games because i, I mean i remember there's a reason i didn't like pc gaming you know even when this show was in operation early on i was primarily a console you know gamer and steam every once in a while because it was just it was more Steam complex was still, than it like super super new when we started the show. Yeah, it would only it's only it had only been around for maybe two or three years. Uh, well, probably longer than that, but it had hit its its stride two or three years before we started the show. Well, I mean, I remember when we started the show that people were still having the conversations about Steam that mm. everyone is having about things like the Epic Store now. Like right. Steam was not the um, integral, uh, like everyone uses it and it has no problems and it's just the accepted way of playing PC games. Like that was not the way it was when we started the show. Like Steam no. was this kind of like fringe thing that some people were using, but everyone was still thinking like, oh, maybe I should just get a box with a code. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think when you look at the Xbox beta app that Microsoft's put out, and that's why I was confused with your first message you'd sent me that it wasn't, you're finding it very difficult to use. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was, it's probably the best game focused thing that Microsoft's put out in a very long time for the PC. But then I realized you hadn't actually downloaded or realized it existed um, no it didn't tell me anything no, it about didn't. that it and, was and just I, like use the xbox app i was like okay i am yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm i'm kind of remembering oh wait there are two so the so it's funny enough um 
rewind about three months ago, the Xbox app used to be literally an app on your Windows PC that was used to communicate and manage your Xbox your literal console and how you use it. Friends lists, streaming, that sort of thing, even purchasing games and remote installing. Then you then fast forward to when Game Pass came out on PC, they created the Xbox, they created a new Xbox app and then called the other one, they renamed it to Xbox Console Companion, which is exactly what it is. It's a companion app. Um, but this new one is a fully functioning game store, Game Pass inter- integration. You can purchase games through this Xbox app, and it's all all your games sort of line up on the left hand side, and you can you know click the play button to launch it. You can click through and look at all the details. I preloaded Outer Worlds, and I can see that it's going to launch Thursday, October twenty fourth at seven p.m. Eastern, which is great. So we're ready to go for tomorrow. And it works, but again, finding it, I don't know even, where did you download it? Because I went online to try to find a link for you, and it was nowhere to be found on that Game Pass page. <laughs> so I, where did you find it so people are like, where is it? Because I don't even know at this point. Um, I'm trying to remember to retrace my <laughs> steps. Um, but I think, so, like, not in the not in the Xbox actual app. So it's not in the um, Windows Store, then? Uh, no, I didn't oh. go through the Windows store. I went through the Xbox, like the beta app. And then there's like a tab at the top. So like when you're when you're at the like home screen, mm-hmm. it does it shows you some stuff in there. And so I, I clicked on Felix or no, I searched for Felix the Reaper. And then there's a button within the um, the Xbox beta app to install it. No, I mean, and like, then, where did you get oh. the Xbox beta app? Oh, the beta app yeah. itself. Um, yeah, that was in the Microsoft store. So okay, I searched good. for Xbox and there were like, um, there's probably three on. different uh, versions. There was, yeah, there was a few different versions. And I was kind of like, because you told me I needed beta, yeah. I found the beta one. Yeah. So I searched for Xbox and then, um, because there's another one I think called Game Bar, which if oh you're my on, God. if you're on the newest <laughs> so Windows, I just, I just tried to go into the Microsoft Store and search for Xbox just to to tell you exactly what came up, and now I'm getting a try that again. Something's happened on our end. Do you want to report this problem? I'm just like, oh my God, Microsoft, come we'll, on. We'll send them a podcast Bye. link and they can kind of follow through from there. But yeah, there's there's also the Xbox Game Bar, which if you're on the newest version of Windows and you hit the Windows key G, that brings up like a bunch, uh, even more info for you in terms of resources and sound management and friends lists and invites. And it's really cool and it works really well. And it's miles above what they've done before. However, getting to that point is not very user-friendly, in which, Jocelyn, you upgraded to the Ultimate Game Pass. It might have been easier to just reset up your Xbox and download Felix the Reaper to your Xbox and played it there. Yeah. like I mean, it, you did get there eventually, but I feel like it, it, was, a, it was a couple of steps. They, yeah. Yeah. So when you look for xbox mm-hmm. on the microsoft store i can't actually click on anything because then i get errors but just by starting to type in xbox the top five results sorry six results are xbox game pass for pc beta xbox game pass ultimate xbox game pass for console xbox beta and xbox console companion 
<laughs> right. So it even brings up the subscription option. I yeah, I guess so. Okay. I like it just anyways, yeah, it's it's a hot mess. So uh yeah, thanks for nothing, Microsoft. You were supposed to be easy. Uh, <laughs> Why? Not, not to, you know, speak speak ill of the game we're about to talk to, but now that you've gone through the process for Felix the Reaper, you're prepared for Outer Worlds. You can preload it now. So once we finish, you know, doing the show, start the install of the forty gigabytes and then you'll be ready to go for tomorrow and uh, i love how you're just it's like ryan is using his talk jocelyn off a ledge voice right now it's very calm it's very quiet (laughs) it's very like okay manage your rage this is fine you're in a better place now (laughs) you are because now we get to talk about space fallout uh after blizzcon i think it'll be fun yeah absolutely um but the whole reason i bent over backwards trying to get into this game pass is so that we could play felix the reaper because uh ryan had recommended it as kind Mm -hmm. of a cool interesting bite-sized type of uh Thing that I could cover this week for uh, Gamers In. So you actually played it a lot more than I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, what are what were your initial thoughts on Felix the Reaper? Why did you recommend it to me? So I, I ended up finishing it. It's it's quite a short game. There are only sort of five sets of levels, and the reason I had recommended it because it's a very unique and quirky. It's probably the weirdest puzzle game I've ever played. In, it was it was so weird. super weird. I but like weird in a really really charming way because mm-hmm. you play as Felix the Reaper, and okay, was that um, oh God, what's his name? I'm totally blanking Patrick on it now. Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, 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 he's the one doing the voiceover, right? Like he's the voice in the sky who's like your guide slash boss. Yeah, he's your guy in the chair. Yeah. So uh, so first of all, as soon as I heard that voiceover, I was like um yes please (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too i i forgot he was in this and i was like oh wow okay this is great i'm i'm so excited and he doesn't he he pops up sparingly after the first sort of world and i think that's to to the games you know it's good for the game because if it was just you know the Sir, Sir Patrick Stewart voiceover game and you just get to play as he talks to you, that would get old pretty quick. And he does, I think no, he comes in maybe one, I know, but <laughs> I'm just trying to like, I, I don't know, accept the fact that they could only pay him for a couple hours yeah. of recording. But he's in there sparingly after the first level. So if you, it's not like Oblivion sparingly where they kill him off in the first world, but he's he's very sparingly uh, used over the course of the game afterwards but to great effect i thought because he he plays he plays uh the ministry of death guy in the chair very well mm-hmm. very very much so so mm-hmm. then on top of patrick stewart reading me the the tutorial essentially <laughs> uh you've got this reaper who is in love with an angel maybe think, <laughs> anyways yeah. in love with someone who works for the ministry of life so it's this like romeo juliet tale and also apparently you make all your fellow reapers super off um super like nervous and anxious and stuff because you're just super weird and you run around with headphones on dancing you always dance every time you move in this game your character is dancing and there's 
some hot and every beats. time you um every time you do something right or wrong it changes the music too oh yeah which yeah. i thought was really cool so it's kind of like uh, the more stuff you do wrong, the more like offbeat and weird the music becomes. But the more things you do right, then like the more layers are added to the music. So at first it like might not have any drums. And, you know, drums really add something. Yeah, no to banjo. Song. <laughs> yeah. No banjo. This game uh, <laughs> fails miserably. There, I, actually, there might be some banjo in there, but there's definitely. But drums. yeah, so like it adds like more to the melody, more, um, more levels. You know, the song gets more complex and and fun and stuff as you work your way through the puzzle so it was it's it's quirky and i like it yeah and when we say you you make mistakes so essentially as the reaper you can only move in the shadows and you manipulate the placement of or the, i guess the direction of the sunlight which would cast those shadows and those shadows depend on obviously how tall an object is and where the sun's hitting it so you can kind of you always move at least in the main levels, you always move the sun in 45 degree uh, sort of increments. And there's only two 90 directions. Degree. 90 is it 90 degree. degrees? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, you know what? I described it as 90 and I thought that didn't sound right. But it is 90 <laughs> degrees. Uh, you're right. 90 degrees. So, for example, I think the first level is, you know, south and then west. And you have to progress by moving through the level. And sometimes you'll just be able to strategically move into a certain spot, change the, the sun direction, and then continue on your path. But as you move further into the levels, you'll have to find objects to create more shadows so you can progress through the level and so on. And it just gets more and more complex from there. But if you're caught in the sun, it's not an immediate fail, uh, fail state. It just kind of rewinds back to uh the previous sun direction and you're back and you just try it again but that would be the equivalent of a mistake there when you when you move an object that maybe was casting a shadow and then you get caught in the sun so right. that's kind of how that works and so when it comes to the actual like puzzle itself where mm. you do start to be able to like move objects and stuff it got really complicated really quickly like i felt like i moved through the tutorial fairly quickly though it does give you like a a grade at the end of like how well you did these things so um it gives you kind of like a one two or three star rating i have yet to get a one star rating because apparently i do things really really slow and sometimes i don't do the preview of where the sun is going to be properly and then i end up switching the sun when i really didn't mean to and then you know after it gives you the option to do the sun preview mm -hmm. then it gives you like no chances to get caught in the sun because they're like we give you this game mechanic that should make it impossible for you to get caught in the sun why do you keep getting caught in the sun jocelyn because sometimes <laughs> you, you want to pick up a bushel of hay and you forget oh wait that's blocking the sun and that happens exactly. all the time <laughs> as you move through this game and the whole point Obviously, as a Reaper, you might you might be asking, well, what do you do in the game? What's the what's the end end goal? Well, obviously, the end goal is to is to find Betty and you know confess your love to her. Maybe you're, she already knows. It's hard to tell even when you finish <laughs> the game. But what you're doing is you're 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 taking on these missions where you're setting up elaborate systems of of death. Um, I think the tutorial level basically says, oh, we don't know what you need to do. There's a malfunction with the machine, but pretty sure you got to kill this dude. And it's a hunting, they give you the clue, it's a hunting accident. And I thought at first it was just going to be a series of levels where you're just putting people in place to get killed based on the hint. 
and it was mm-hmm. going to sort of you were going to be given options. But it, there's one solution, and you actually fail the first mission by killing one of the hunters. Uh, yeah, you kill the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, you kill the wrong person, and then those levels expand from what appeared to be only one part into five different parts, setting up this Rube Goldberg sort of machine of of death. So I think the first one isn't a hunting accident, but you actually have to make it so he kills the deer, and then you mount the deer's head, and then you bring beer to him, and yada, 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 it keeps going. Until, yeah, so basically yeah. it's like the the big elaborate scheme of the first one, I just mm-hmm. played through it, so it's fresh in my mind, Oh, perfect. is uh, so first you kill the deer, and then you mount the deer's head, and then you get the hunter drunk because he's super stoked because you just killed the deer, mm-hmm. and then he kind of drunkenly stumbles over to the wall and then sits down right underneath the deer head, and then you have to make the deer head fall off the wall so that the other hunter who's missing his glasses or just doesn't see well, period. It was unclear. That, yeah, it was really unclear. Uh, thinks that his friend is actually a deer and then hits him in the face with a spear. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. good throw, though. Oh, that great guy. throw. For not being able <laughs> to see. That would have definitely killed a deer. <laughs> I mean, like, if I didn't have my glasses on, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that, that looks like a deer. But I highly doubt I'd be able to hit him from that far. <laughs> solid spear arm that guy uh and it's it's very quirky uh it's dark humor because you're seeing some pretty violent deaths as the as the game progresses but but it's it's, still it's still super cartoony and goofy it's all in good fun and definitely definitely goofy but did you actually look in through so when you present the level there are these cards and i thought this was really well done there's a history sort of card you can read that kind of goes over the chronological history of the concept of you know, death and the reaper and it progresses from the setting of that game, which is I think, or the setting of that level, which is like medieval, early medieval times. And it kind of goes through the progress there. And then by the, by the time you get to the end of the game, it's actually explaining, you know, the concept of death and the reaper, you know, all the way up until present time. And I thought that was a really nice touch. And it had like a bunch of examples of images and, and historical. Oh yeah, no, I definitely missed all of that. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's hidden. It's kind of just, it's this little placard below the main level selector. And then there's also, you know, character, a character profile that tells you a bunch of information about the character and why they're there and, you know, when they were born and how they died. And, um, it's there's a lot of attention to detail in the game, both in the levels as well as outside the levels, to give you some more context outside of the game and inside the game. It's it's really really cool for sure. I'll have to go take a look at that because I mean I have a, kind of a morbid fascination <laughs> with oh. all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely right up your alley from a historical standpoint. Not the the you know morbid curiosity. Not the murder. Thing. Yeah, not the murder. <laughs> yeah, but from a, from a history point of view, I I actually want to go back in and read it all. I kind of just glossed over it a little bit and looked at the pictures, which is you know <laughs> something I should admit <laughs> out loud. But I promise I'll go back and do my homework. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. It was, it's what I needed, just like a a light puzzle game. I was surprised how quick it was, especially when I went to look and see how much it was retail and it's like 36 bucks Canadian. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's the better part of $40, I think. And, and it didn't seem like, I almost thought that those first five set of puzzles were like level one. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to to find out that that's no, that's the whole game, and you're supposed to go back and try to complete it and get all the stars, I guess. Except for it's not quite the same as like, for instance, um, 
the Yoshi, I'm forgetting the actual name of the most recent one. Epic Yarn's the one in my head, but the, it's the one after world. that. Crafted World, thank you. You know, where you were trying to do better and you were trying to find everything you could in the level because you needed that currency in order to open up future levels. There's no mechanic like that, as far as I can tell, regardless uh, of um, like how well you solve the puzzle. If you solve the puzzle, you get to move on. There's there no are, kind of barrier. There are bonus levels, actually. Once you finish the game, there is a, oh, okay. a new thing that pops up. Now, I will say this. I had a lot of fun with this game, you know, early on, probably the first two, two and a half to three worlds doing all the puzzles solving on my own. And it felt very satisfying. And I, I usually got it before I got super stumped. Um, but then in worlds four and five and onwards, I had to rely on the hint system, which is very generous. You just hit the escape button and you hit show next move. And it literally shows you what needs to go where to progress. So, and it doesn't penalize you, which is nice. Um, but it also like not necessarily rewards you, but you get like a big, like, yeah, you're awesome. Like moment every time you correctly guess what the next move is supposed to be. So every time you do something correctly Mm -hmm. in different stages, as you move along through the map, then it's, it's telling you that it's rewarding you and it's saying, okay, yes, this is where this thing is supposed to go. So I'm kind of like, oh, yay, okay, I did that right. I don't have to touch that again. Now everything is kind of moving around this piece that I know is in the right spot. Yeah, the milestone system works quite well, and those hint systems are pointing you towards the next milestone, which gives you this sort of like disco, yay, you did it. Um, But as you get more of those skulls, you unlock those bonus levels. But the, the problem with the bonus levels is that they are all quite difficult. Um, they're not the sort of quirky, you know, I don't know. The first couple worlds were very, they, they played more to my speed when it comes to a puzzle game. And I felt the further you went into the game, which is true, it ramps up quite quick and you want it to get harder, but I felt it just, it sped past sort of my skill level, uh, with, with this specific game. And it became a lot of trial and error, but I, I did rely on that, that, sort of uh that hint system a lot uh, later on in the game and i think that's where the price tag and i i really think it's important to mention the price tag because obviously we're playing with a subscription that we've purchased for other games or in my case pre-purchased for for the next you know year through a deal um it's important to know like what what the value is but i think if you're looking at it from the point of hey i'm picking up game pass to play outer worlds um this is a great sort of small bonus exactly it's a nice bonus i don't think i could i would want to spend 36 dollars on this in the case that i'm not going to mine it for every ounce of content i'm probably pretty much done at this point because i've made my way through it um i I almost feel like this might be something that i would rather play on my phone sure like I, I almost feel like this this kind of appeals to that side of me where I'm looking for a bite-sized sort of an experience. I maybe don't have a ton of time to kill. I can do an episode or an episode. I can do a level here and there and I don't necessarily need to, you know, like there's no real continuity necessarily. Like there are different steps within each scenario and different mm-hmm. levels to complete within each theme, but 
Um, it's it's not like it's a big complicated story that if I put it down and come back to it two days later that I'm gonna forget what was going on. Um, so I feel like I I would almost rather play this as a mobile game because that's the that's just the vibe that I get from it. That feels mm-hmm. like I would just if I'm sitting in the car or say an airport for a couple of hours, like I can just go solve a couple puzzles. Like sitting down in front of my PC and trying to play this felt like overkill, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's... And maybe that's just me like um, not being fair to mobile games. No, <laughs> but I, th- I think it would play, it, it would translate well to a touch-based interface. I think the scale of the, of the levels, it would be tough for me to see it on phones, but definitely mm. on tablets, it would work really well. And, and, you know, I've seen experiences on phones that I didn't think would work and it, and it does. I think it's very... Um, the the way the sort of interactions with the game and you, how you move Felix is very forgiving in the sense that if you click on it on it's a grid system and and part of that grid like you can't make Felix walk into the sunlight so if you right, click on exactly. a tab that is in the sun it's going to error it's going to say no you can't go there right now because that will kill you um, which is nice and that translates really well to to an, a touch interface because if you accidentally you know thumb the wrong tile um he's not gonna it doesn't move. punish you it yeah. doesn't yeah outside of maybe the timing it takes you to make you know complete the the puzzles with you know sort of misclicks but i found it was very forgiving and i think like dragging and dropping and you know tabbing because as you get further into the game there's a lot of like picking up and moving and stacking and and that trial and error it would still work well uh on a touchscreen and maybe even better as you're kind of literally moving your finger around as opposed to working through the mouse i found Mm -hmm. it was sometimes a little difficult but um yeah i think it would translate well to a phone or, or a tablet i could see this very much coming to ios at some point it would it would translate pretty good yeah, so that's that's kind of the vein of where I see this, um, and it was it was fun. What I little I got to play, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna try to finish it and take a look at those extra bonus levels and see mm-hmm. if it's like worth going back and and unlocking stuff and and doing things multiple times. But yeah, I think the thirty five to forty dollar price tag in Canada is a little high for this experience. But um, it was it was really polished. It was really well put together. The voiceover was great. The animations were cute. And uh, the, like I said, the the music is probably actually where a lot of the money, like a lot of the cost comes from. Because mm-hmm. like the, with the music dynamically changing so often, I can see that being an expense, like quite a big expense. So yeah. I, I, it was I, it was robust for what it was. And it took everything that it did very seriously and did it very well. And it just didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I would expect, like I said, I would have expect maybe like four or five times as many puzzles as what there were in the main kind of story part. Then again, I haven't done the bonus stuff yet. So maybe there's, there's a lot more to it. Uh, there are only five bonus levels. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Actually they give you, there's five or six unlockables and one of them is you just click through to their social media and it unlocks a level, which is a nice touch. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, But again, the level was, it was, it didn't look fun to me. You know, Mm. I had fun with the scenarios and the two bonus levels I checked out were just, you know, uh, move a barrel over here. It wasn't in the same vein as like 
do this elaborate step to you know basically play mousetrap it wasn't that yeah Yeah, you know it was just do some just move some stuff around and yeah i I could see you know thirty dollars canadian even that would be at a point where you could probably see it being the price of admission being okay it really depends on your sort of sense of uh of value when it comes to games but for me um it did it, it was it's very rare that i play a game and finish it in a week to be able to talk about it on this show and and i yeah. did just that <laughs> i did not play a whole lot i maybe sat down three times uh to play it and those those sittings were you know a couple hours each but it's not an incredibly long game. Okay, and, I feel yeah. a little bit less bad then because in about 40 minutes, I got through the first two things. So I was like, oh my God, Ryan finished this in a day? I'm so far behind. Why am I so terrible at puzzles? No, 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 but no. if it took you like six or seven hours, I feel a little bit better about myself. And, and I, at least I, I'm on par. I was trying to finish it for the show too, right? Yeah. I had started it maybe. Well, I started it the day it came out because they were saying it was on Game Pass. So I wanted to check it out. I think it's totally worth checking out. Even if you haven't picked up the Game Pass yet, you're probably staring at a, a $1 to $2 deal right now because Microsoft is constantly resetting those offers and it's on xbox and pc so if you want if you have one platform or the other you can you can sort of pinpoint those subscriptions i i think it's worth checking out because you're right the presentation and sort of the charm of it it's totally unique it's like nothing you've ever played before so i i, I highly recommend it just for that uniqueness but i can't yeah there, there was one bucks. point yeah i can't spend 40 yeah i totally understand there was actually one point where uh, my character, I guess, had been waiting for a while because mm-hmm. I had been trying to figure out exactly what my next move was going to be. And he was just like, the music's playing. He's just standing there bumping along. And then all of a sudden he takes his head off and like does this little like twerking move and like pushing his head out, like holding his head in his hands and like bopping it around. And yeah. I'm like, who even thinks of this? <laughs> you know what? The casual animation is back. You know, yeah. like the, they're not casual. <laughs> what is it? The uh, Mario usually falls asleep. Sometimes you yeah, pull they, out like a Game Boy. What's... AFK, whatever. Yeah. yeah, the AFK animation. I love it. Yeah, idle, idle animation. Idle. Thank you. <laughs> I was I like, someone get would there figure eventually. it out. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, we we had a lot of fun, but yeah, check it out through Game Pass. Maybe mm. not uh, for the full cost, uh, or wait for it to wait for it to go on sale because I'm sure it will eventually. Uh, wanted to give a quick thank you to our new patron, Alec. Thank you so much for supporting us over at patreon.com slash the gamers in reminder. You can head over to bit.ly slash TGI discord. If you want to hook up and chat with us. And also we've got extra life going on right now. So if you go to bit.ly slash TGI extra life, 2019, you can help support the amazing cause of the children's miracle network of hospitals. I have a stream happening this weekend. It is going to be Saturday, October 26th. From noon until midnight, that is Eastern. Uh, I think we're still in daylight time. We haven't actually done our, our hop back to the good time yet. So uh, Yeah, I don't think it switches till the weekend of BlizzCon. I know, I know. But, oh, man, I, I hate daylight time so much. Standard time is just so much better for my internal clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, anyways, 
<laughs> this that time. Eastern, yeah, Eastern Daylight Time uh, from <laughs> noon until midnight uh, this coming Saturday. So do come and check it out. Even if you can't actually spend some time in the stream, it's always awesome for you to share the link around. This is the best way to support the cause if you can't donate monetarily. And we very much appreciate, uh, appreciate, appreciate <laughs> every single one of you. Well, you know what's really cool uh, to, to move away from that? But what's really cool is you can add milestones now to your personal pages. Uh, so the milestone that you had announced at our, on your last stream was the fact that if you hit $500, you would play Layers of Fear on yes. the stream. Layers of Fear was donated by a very kind listener who... I actually, I don't know if I'm going to call it a very kind listener because, I mean, I think they just want to torture me. He's thinking so. of the people. He or she is thinking of the people. <laughs> Not necessarily uh, Jocelyn's well-being, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the kids and the people of Twitch uh, appreciate it that but yeah i think you're very close you're maybe like I, i'm sure you'll yeah, hit I think it i'm at four out of five hundred dollars I, I think i'll probably hit it on the next stream and then oh, yeah. so depending on when exactly i hit the goal then i will either make some time on saturday stream to play layers of fear or we'll schedule it for uh, another time we still have two more streams happening in november so uh layers of fear will happen on one of those two streams if i can't get it in on saturday but uh yeah but, i mean it's a 12-hour stream i'm sure i'll be able to play a couple hours here or there but we'll see uh, it all depends on you guys and whatever donations come in again that link is bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2019 that brings us to our topic of the week this week we're going to talk a little bit about Fallout 76. I know we haven't talked about it hardly at all because I think, Ryan, you, even you didn't check this out, right? I, funny story about Fallout 76. <laughs> I had it in my hands for all of two minutes and uh, Ashley actually had it in her hands longer th than I did because when I purchased the Xbox One X, it came with it and I promptly gave it back to EB Games. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I, I'm vaguely remembering this now. <laughs> yeah, so I never played it, and I probably never will. Not because of the news we got today, but just because I don't have time for broken stuff. And and games, well, it didn't live I, I don't know. I've heard that Fallout 76 is has been getting better over time. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be fixing things and adding things that originally they either didn't or thought the community wouldn't want. Um, I, I believe there were no NPCs in the original game and now they've added those and they've added a little bit more story. Um, it sounded quite a lot like Sea of Thieves, to be honest. Where like the original iteration were just like, it's a totally empty sandbox. You can play however you want and do whatever you want. And then everyone was like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll add some stuff in then. Sorry. <laughs> I know they announced the NPCs. Did they end up adding them? I'm not sure. Remember. I'll be totally honest. I have not played Fallout 76. It's yeah. been kind of just on my... It had it had such terrible reviews and had such terrible launch that I've just stayed away from it. I thought some of the concepts and the stuff that they talked about before it actually launched sounded compelling. But then it seemed like even for people who are large fans of the Fallout franchise, which I am not, um, it seemed like it didn't live up to everything that they wanted. And so I'm like, OK, if they can't even get their hardcore fan base on board with this, then me coming from the outside with very little Fallout experience, probably not going to be all about this. So I just kind of avoided it. Mm -hmm. But 
then i mean with all the of the changes that they announced i think it was at e3 i was kind of like oh this is sounding like maybe it could be good <laughs> yeah no i think they announced a lot of cool stuff they announced some mm-hmm. experimental you know new pvp modes they i think they announced a battle royale uh they did announce the npcs and sort of more of a fallout-esque interaction system where you're talking to npcs and getting quests and stuff i know a lot of people who really love fallout 76 because it is a a multiplayer open world fallout game um but it's still a work in progress uh, and the news today just with this uh, well a, a subscription service uh, essentially turning it into similar to i i I would, I don't know. I think the closest it comes to in terms of a subscription service is probably like a WoW slash MMO service where you're, you're, yeah, that's, it's hard to say. That's what it kind of reminds me of because as much as you say subscription service, you're not actually getting the game. You still have to purchase the game. Now it's been out for a while. So I I don't think that it's actually going to be at the same price point. I mean, if you're looking at Fallout 76, you're probably looking at somewhere between 30 and 60. It was 60 when it first came out or probably 80 up here in Canada. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a a full AAA title price tag on top. And then so now sometimes you can find it on sale, which is why I say, you know, it can vary from 30 all the way up. Um, but then, so you have to actually buy the base game and then you have to pay a subscription on top of that. And this is interesting, I guess, because this, the, the subscription service is for a private server, right? So like you could make a server for you and your friends, which then kind of reminds me of like Minecraft, I think. I didn't actually play a lot of Minecraft, but the reason I didn't play a lot of Minecraft is it was like, you buy Minecraft, but then you also like need a server to play on. And I was like, what? There, <laughs> I don't there, understand yeah. this game. There, so, there are servers you can just it. load into. But with Fallout 76, it operated as a, a standard game where you loaded into Bethesda servers and could play on these these large servers with other people. The idea behind the subscription, yeah, it gives you access to a private world. So essentially turning... I don't know. I don't know if it gives you a private server, like a lobby, or if it's using if it's like a peer to peer where it's using your Xbox. I would think if you're paying for it, it's giving you a private world on their server, so it's it's stable. It's not depending on on your internet for everybody else's enjoyment. Yeah, I would assume it's in the same place that whatever public worlds are stored and accessed. It's just that you only you and you know a select group of friends will be able to access that save game for lack of a better term yeah so the person who has to have for in order for the private worlds to exist so let's say for the sake of argument both jocelyn and i are playing fallout 76 only one of us would need uh fallout first which is the name of this of the service to actually have a private server but that private world will belong to whoever has the subscription and then they could join into that world i i mean it's what i guess it's what people have been asking for but that is the largest thing you're getting here the rest are sort of just these little perks um the big thing that i think that frustrated a lot of folks was the scrap box so as long as you're subscribed to this service you have unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrap box container that's a huge deal because one of the biggest issues with these follow games 
and really any Bethesda game is the encumbrance system and carrying stuff and constantly having to unload every wheel of cheese you pick up. <laughs> so, I mean, not to say like the wheel of cheese would fall into your scrap box, but you get where I'm coming from. You have to yeah. pay money to carry everything, like have infinite strength. It's kind of, that's a big deal. That's That's got to be upsetting. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal in any kind of game where you have any sort of system, whether it's, you know, slots in a backpack or, you know, amount of weight you can carry or whatever the case. Like, anytime there's any kind of limit that you can just remove with money, like additional money when you've already bought a game, that's going to put a sour taste in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another thing here, the survival tent, a new playable fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more of your basic needs. So again, you know, I don't know if this is, I guess it's something that you only have access to as you're subscribed, and the survival tent is a way for you to basically set up your own sort of housing area, I guess. Uh, Again, sounds really cool in terms of something they're giving to you, but it seems silly to tie it to a subscription. I feel like that's something you could buy with, in-game currency which brings us to the next point and, and i just remember what this reminds me of it kind of reminds me of eso plus yeah eso is another one that this kind of does remind me of too mm-hmm. um because yeah with eso plus and it's it's kind of tough because i definitely play eso like on my own i don't make use of a lot of the systems in the game like the crafting system or the guild system or any of that stuff i don't really participate in i basically just run around with my character wearing whatever gear happens to drop and i just play through the story of eso i very much make it like my own single player game and i ignore a whole lot of the systems so i don't actually know with my eso plus how many of these other things that i'm getting but i do think that there is some a couple of things that are very similar so first of all the you pay them money every month but you get premium currency back yeah and also which has always been more than enough for me because then basically anytime there's any cosmetic that is available in the store i'm like this is a drop in the bucket for me because i keep forgetting that this subscription is still coming off of my credit card (laughs) so the amount of premium currency i have in that game right now is astronomical so i feel so bad like or not bad i just i feel so stupid running around in this game and i've got like every cosmetic you could possibly think of Mm. but i'm like a level 20 something character and just like oh my god i'm like i'm the person running around covered in gold while everyone else is looking at me funny (laughs) you look uh you you look fly it's uh, ridiculous yeah Uh, and you know what i will say this uh i actually like this point of these type of subscription services where you're getting in-game currency because it feels to me and i know this won't apply to everyone but to me it feels like you're getting a little bit of that money back to spend at your leisure so and this is the thing that dead by daylight is doing as well mm -hmm. that they have created a battle pass for lack of a better term they they called it something dead by daylight ish but that's basically what it is where you know you put the initial investment in that is the ten dollars it costs for the battle pass but then you get ten dollars or more worth of currency back so it's like then you can use the currency you got back to buy the next battle pass and then it's like you made the initial ten dollar investment and then you get air quotes ten dollars back but it's $10 to be spent only in the Dead by Daylight ecosystem. 
So it's like you're still down $10, but then everything in the game is kind of a free-to-play self-feeding system. Right. Um, so, yeah, you make the, the initial investment and, and change your money into their currency. And then from then on, you just spend their currency and you're always earning it back. And ESO is similar. It seems like this Fallout 76 is similar. I think in ESO 2, there is something else about, well, first of all, you get access to all the content. And yeah. also, like, all the dungeons, all the DLC, everything. As long as you pay your subscription, you always have everything. And then um, the other piece of that is I'm pretty sure there is some inventory management as well in terms of... Um, and again, because I don't use all the systems, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it's the crafting system as well that, like, you get another tab that's basically like a reagent bank where you can just, you know, put all of your crafting stuff and it's infinite. And then, so it does sound very, 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 very similar. Yeah. And in terms of the amount of, uh, they call them atoms for Fallout for or Fallout 76, you're going to get six, uh, 1,650. I just quickly looked it up. Um, and 500 atoms is 650 uh, Canadian. So probably like 499 or, or maybe less American. So I think you're getting back the value of your subscription in, in, in if not more in, in in-game the in-game currency. currency yeah but then that's assuming that using the in-game currency is going to provide you with some value sure if you yeah. aren't able to i guess like spend it as fast as you're getting it then it doesn't really have the same value which is why i think the dead by daylight system is great because you can actually use the currency to buy your next battle pass so it's like you just never need to put more money into that system. But in the Fallout 76 system, you're putting in 13 real dollars every month and you're getting 13 fake dollars back. But then if I can't spend those fake dollars on anything in Fallout 76 that interests me, then you get my ESO problem where it's like I'm giving them $17 a month or whatever the subscription is mm -hmm. of my real money that's being converted into ESO fake money, which in this case is crowns. And then there isn't enough for me to spend my crowns on. So therefore I'm not getting that $17 back. I just, I'm banking all of this fake money for no reason. So I can see how that would be problematic in Fallout 76 that like saying you're getting your money back by getting this um, Fallout 76 Adams currency is all great on paper, but you have to be able to spend those atoms on something meaningful to you in mm -hmm. order for it to actually feel like you're getting your money back or, or the most out of your money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, and I don't know what kind of, you know, in-game stuff you can buy. And I just judging by people's reaction, it doesn't sound like there's enough there. And maybe the subscription was a little early. Like maybe they should have waited until there was more of a buildup. Yeah, because like if you could in, like initially invest mm -hmm. your twelve ninety nine, and then that got you your private server and also these sixteen hundred atoms, and then the next month you could choose to pay real money or atoms for your next month of subscription, then that's different. Then that's giving you something very meaningful to spend that in-game currency on, and then you're just kind of constantly refilling your bank and then using your bank to pay for. Um, to pay for your subscription to pay for to keep your server going. And then, you know, if there ever is something that you want to purchase with atoms that's outside of that, then you can use that currency on a cosmetic and then put another 13 real dollars into the system. Um, and then so like in that way, that would be super helpful. That would be meaningful. But it 
doesn't sound like that's how this works. No, it's yeah, I think you have to purchase subs- the subscription with real money and and you know to um, yeah. to, to round it out, they've also given you a, a ranger armor outfit which is similar to uh the armor you would have seen in Fallout New Vegas and an icons and emotes pack, so sort of the know, sprinkles on the on the cake there. It doesn't sound like a whole lot, but um, yeah, that's going to be like, well, emotes are always like <laughs> slash dance or I point or, you know, mm-hmm. like insert things your character can do here, which could be kind of cool and fun if you're playing with your friends, I guess. Sure. But, and, yeah. And, yeah. And I think when when I when I heard of all the fervor around this and sort of the upset folks, uh, there were two camps. There are the people who are playing and they're upset and the people who aren't playing and are kind of looking at this and like really it seems yeah i'm gonna be upset because it's it's it seems too soon and i know they've done a lot of work to improve the game and that was expected because when it came out it was an 80 dollar product and it was not up to par with the bethesda experience and they've kind of gotten there and they've and they've they've worked towards it but this kind of feels like saying hey you know, we're, see, we, we've worked on it. We've improved it. But now we want more money to keep going or I don't know. It's just it seems too soon. And the value may be there on paper, but might not be enough for most folks who want to want to purchase this subscription. But it also could be on the side of if we get 10 percent of our player base to subscribe, then that can pay for the improvements for 100 percent of the player base sort of like a whale versus free to play type scenario so it's a gamble i think pr wise they should have launched uh i know there was a delay of some piece of content that people were looking forward to they should have waited until that was out i I don't know exactly what one it was but it made headlines a couple weeks ago and it might have been the npc stuff but I, i i'm not completely up on fallout 76 but there was a big delay that had people up in arms. Yeah, so then if you're following up a delay with also, hey, give us your money, that's never going to go over well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking well. of people who uh, who delay things or slow the cadence of things, uh, Blizzard is actually doing something a little bit faster. This time we had a release of Deathwing, or at least news of Deathwing coming to Heroes of the Storm that released just this week. So ahead of BlizzCon, they uh, made a big Heroes announcement. So I know I haven't played uh, Heroes in a really long time, but the Deathwing announcement looked pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And and you're right. We've been waiting a a very long time for it to almost the extent that it is a joke uh, that Deathwing would ever, you know, grace make uh, his way into heroes yeah, yeah like that was like everyone's prediction every year it's like what's gonna come at blizzcon for heroes and everyone was like deathwing yeah. and it never happened so well, now they it's even happening. faked it out too both yeah. in previous blizzcon announcements and now with this trailer where it showed bright a brightwing skin uh um, yeah is that skin already in or is that just did they create it specifically to meme the hell out of uh, people are still paying attention to the Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea because, <laughs> I, like I say, I haven't played since they uh, canceled HCC and, and changed up the cadence of things, which was uh, earlier on this year. I really haven't been in there since. And it's kind of unfortunate. I do like Heroes. I just, um, my my interest just kind of waned, I think, because mm-hmm. I used to watch HCC. It was like 
when nothing else would be on on the weekends, I would just like, oh, I'll go watch Heroes. And I, I kind of stayed up to date with it. But then, yeah, totally fell off when they made all those announcements. And I think partially a lot of that, too, is a lot of the content creators that I follow moved away. A lot of uh, podcasts were canceled. ITN's still going if you guys yes. are interested in Heroes <laughs> news. Uh, Garrett and Kyle do a wonderful Heroes podcast that's been around since Heroes started. And uh, yeah, so go check them out. But um, yeah, they they also will have actual like in depth analysis of Deathwing, whereas like I'm like, hey, looks cool, he makes fire, woo. <laughs> yeah, well, we were we originally yeah, when I was prepping the show, we didn't have the Fallout seventy six stuff, so we were gonna do some BlizzCon things, and then the one thing on the list that was done deal confirmed was this Deathwing thing. It's like, well, we should talk about it because yeah, it's it's gonna get overshadowed by all the blizzard stuff that comes out next week um or in two weeks rather so it's a huge deal i think it's great he looks fantastic he looks huge uh, yeah just really size did, wise he's he's as big as you would think that deathwing should be right yeah i mean alex straza she takes i guess she's in her she's an elf in her like mortal air quotes uh form her non-dragon form so that's the form that she takes for the most part other than when she casts her ultimate and turns into a dragon and it looks like deathwing is just a dragon all the time as he should be Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the funny thing is uh, i think when when they announced that they were, you know, canceling HGC and they were changing the cadence, I remember one of the positives that came out of that, the one, was that they said, hey, we can do some fun things with this game that would have been near impossible for balance of uh, of keeping an eSport the alive e-sport, and well. Yeah. So I think, I, I, again, I haven't played Deathwing, but just the look of him, this feels like one of those ones where they didn't have to compromise on their vision for this hero. They could just put him out there. And obviously they're going to make it so it's fair, but they probably did some things that wouldn't work in competition. I don't know that for a fact. Again, listen to ITN and, and they'll probably correct me on this, but he looks he looks amazing. And again, it's just huge and his abilities look huge as well. Um, yeah, I can't wait to play yeah, this. From, from the actual blog post, in the blog post, they mm-hmm. didn't actually give any like numbers in terms of balance or anything. They did give, you know, names so that you could essentially figure out how exactly he works. For instance, like his mount is more of like a stance. So he flies up in the air into dragon flight. And then depending on what button you push to come down, that unlocks different abilities so then you're kind of in a stance for the duration it takes for your mount to cool down then you can go from destroyer to world break and and get different abilities based on that and kind of it looks like be more of a a ranged character or more of a melee character so overall it's just it seems like a really really cool mix of abilities very like living your deathwing fantasy i mean his ultimate literally is like you fly from point a to point b and leave a fiery wake (laughs) behind (laughs) you which just like that is deathwing that is what deathwing should do (laughs) yeah they they nailed the look and feel for sure yeah for sure Uh, so it's it's cool and interesting that they're announcing this ahead of BlizzCon. I would have thought that it would have been a straight up BlizzCon announcement, but uh, but yeah, I guess they're they're trying to uh, get out ahead of it and make sure that people actually see the news. <laughs> 
Well, if it's a, as big a year as they're saying it's going to be, and of course you can listen to uh, you know Tack and Faz for some specific you know Carson uh, and, and Wow <laughs> guesses, but um, yeah, no, I think this is really good. It is unfortunate that they're kind of you know unveiling it before the big show, but I'm I'm sure they got a good reason. Uh, they may have well, learned. yeah. In the blog post, it does also say that they are doing a panel at BlizzCon, and maybe this was cool. it to try to like because the schedule just came out this week. And I know Ryan, I'll be away next week because I am traveling, but uh, you are actually going to be doing a kind of BlizzCon lead up guesses type show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so in in the blog post, it does say you know this is what our panel is going to cover on, and here's the date and time. I think it's Friday around three o'clock. Um, and that information came out with the schedule that that came out this week. So um, there's some big blanks in that schedule, but uh, I sure I'm sure that the heroes team wanted to be like, hey, this is what our panel's gonna be. This is why you should come and see it, you know, like plan accordingly. <laughs> yeah, and it is I will say this about the heroes uh, team. It is nice that they are getting the chance to release something around BlizzCon because that was always my favorite thing about BlizzCon was the live releases. As we all know with Blizzard, it takes them forever to release a product. Even a product that requires constant content like World of Warcraft, it still takes a lot of time and for good reason. But that's where I like their teams of, you know, their live games like Hearthstone. I mean, Hearthstone doesn't really do it anymore, but Heroes is one of the few where they can say, this is available now, we're talking about it, and we're unveiling it, and you're going to be able to experience it very and soon. And you can play it on Tuesday, yeah, exactly. exactly. Which uh, which is kind of what I'm thinking, because we don't actually have a release date for Deathwing, so I'm sure that they'll go through their whole Deathwing panel and then be like, by the way, everyone who's attending BlizzCon and has a virtual ticket gets Deathwing for free, and he's available you know, today or Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've done that a couple of I'm sure times. that's how it's going to go. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Again, if you'd like to connect with us in between shows, you can do so by chatting us up on the Discord. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can also email the show info at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also visit, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is Dar Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In, and remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.